This is Cody Ray Miller, and you're listening to the Dude Fuel Podcast. Today on the podcast, I want to talk about fear. Fear is something that I am well acquainted with. I've had um, struggles with anxiety, and anxiety is ultimately rooted in fear. So if you're having any sort of struggle with anxiety as well, then I hope that this uh, podcast will be very encouraging for you and also practical in giving you some steps and some things that you can potentially do to overcome that fear. So first of all, it's really helpful to identify, uh, you know, what is fear? What is anxiety? Okay, what does it mean to be afraid of something? Fear is an emotion, okay? And we are emotional beings. We not only have the capacity for rational thought, but we also have the capacity for emotions, okay? These are feelings um, that we have. They're not necessarily logical. Um, you can't uh, you can't necessarily map them out like two plus two equals four. Like if you put this thing and this thing together, you're going to get fear, right? That's, that's not really the way that it works. Um, and of course, we all have different fears, and our fears can change over time as we get older. Uh, One example that I use um, to show how relative fear is um, are clowns. Okay, so you find some people that are freaked out by clowns, like legitimately clowns scare them, okay, in any form, any capacity. And then you have other people that maybe it's more contextual. I mean, yeah, a creepy clown, sure, maybe scary, but you know, you go to the circus, you see some clowns, no big deal. So two people can be exposed to the exact same um, uh, stimulus, uh, that is, you know, a clown, and they can have different emotional responses. One can feel fear, another can feel joy, right, or happiness. So, you know, our fears are not ultimately rooted in the thing that we're afraid of, right? A lot of people are afraid of snakes or spiders, right? Um, One of my uh, uh, deepest fears has always been aliens, like extraterrestrials. Uh, I don't know why, but it just creeps me out whenever I hear a story of, you know, someone being abducted or something, uh, uh, some sort of alien abduction story. It just freaks me out, man. And I think it goes back to when I was a kid, at least partially. Uh, when I was a kid, my aunt had this, this like, life-size, like, four-foot-tall, like, life-size, very realistic-looking alien. And uh, I think she left it at our house one day. I don't remember why. And she put it in, like, an office chair in my dad's uh, home office. And I went around the corner. I was pretty young. I don't know. I was probably, like, nine eight, nine, something like that. And I went around the corner into my dad's office and there was just this, it looked like a real alien sitting in my dad's chair. Freaked me out. She had bought it at Party City or something. And anyway, she thought it was funny. I thought it was terrifying, right? So we all have our fears. We have the things that we're afraid of. It's not, but the fear is not in the thing itself. The fear is not in an alien or a spider or a snake or being abandoned or dying alone, whatever you're afraid of, right? The fear is not in that thing. It's how we interpret and process that thing. And and that might sound obvious, but it's a very important point. It's absolutely critical that we can have this understanding in our minds, okay? Especially when we're talking about emotion, that we can step out of that for a second and we can know in our heads that this thing is not objectively or inherently something that we ought to be afraid of, okay, fear-inducing, okay? 
it's all contextual and it's all about your interpretation. Okay, so this is what fear is. Fear is our interpretation of something that stirs up our emotions so that we're frightened, so that we experience fear. Okay, now, uh, anxiety. Let's shift over to that for a moment. Anxiety is, uh, psychologists refer to it as a negative mood state. Okay, and it's focused on the future. Okay, so it's a future-focused negative mood state. You are anxious, which is very similar to being fearful, of what could or what you think will or what might happen in the future. Now, notice with this, and this is critical that you, 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 you catch this, okay? Anxiety is not ultimately rooted in your perception of the present. Anxiety is always rooted in in your concern regarding the future. Now, this is very helpful to acknowledge. It was very helpful for me in helping to overcome my anxieties because what I realized was that all I have is the present moment. The future never actually arrives because if you were to arrive at that time in the future, it would actually become the present. So the future never actually gets here. But when we experience anxiety, what are we doing? We're being fearful, afraid, or we're experiencing stress in regard to something that we think might happen in what? The future, right? So the trick here is to realize, and this might sound like a little bit of um, sort of, uh, it might sound like a trick, okay, in, in a bad way, but but it's not, I don't think. What you have to recognize is that your anxieties will never actually, they'll never actually occur because you're anxious about something in the future, right? When that thing arrives into your present, you can no longer be anxious about it. At that point, if the thing you're anxious about arrives in your present, you can experience fear or sorrow or suffering or whatever it is that you're anxious about. But that anxiety will actually fade away. So you're, you're being, what I'm getting at here is anxiety is being afraid or apprehensive about something that's never actually going to get here. You ever have one of those dreams where, you know, maybe you're um, running away from someone, right? Someone's chasing you and um, it just seems that they're right on your tail. They're never really gaining, you know, sometimes we have the dreams they're gaining on us, but in some of these dreams, you know, that person never really gaining. We're just running like we're on a treadmill and they're like right on our heels. They're like right there. They're about to get us, but they never do. Man, those are some anxiety inducing dreams, right? So that is exactly what anxiety is like. It's something you're afraid of that is never actually going to catch you, but you're held in suspense you're, you're at this point of suspension because you're apprehensive about the future. But each, each moment, the future is becoming the present. And so that thing that you're worried about never actually, um, it's not that it never actually happens, but your anxiety can never be um, experienced in the present because anxiety is always about the future. Once it reaches the present, then it's an experience, an experience of pain or fear or whatever the case may be. So um, if I can try to wrap that thought up a little bit, I would just say when you experience anxiety, all you are doing is disturbing your present moment 
thinking about a present moment that might possibly arrive. If that moment does arrive and you do experience whatever it is that you're fearful of or nervous about, then you can deal with it then. You might have sorrow or suffering or pain in that present moment. But all you do in having anxiety is add stress and suffering and sorrow to the present moment when you're not even actually experiencing that thing that you're so anxious about. So it's like you suffer twice. And in Buddhism, there's um, this idea of the, the two arrows, okay? And so I've talked about the two arrows, but it's been quite some time. I want to share it with you here briefly. The concept of the two arrows describes anxiety perfectly. Okay, So the first arrow is when life hits you with something that's painful, emotionally, physically, psychologically, whatever the case may be. We all have things in life, they come out of nowhere, these arrows, they hit us and they hurt us. We cannot control those arrows. They're going to come, and some of them are going to hit us, and it's going to hurt. That is just a part of life. But if we are disturbing our present moment, being anxious about these arrows that might hit us later, we are now piercing ourselves with a second arrow of sorts. We are now taking an arrow, and we are jamming it into ourselves, hurting, harming ourselves in the present in anticipation of an arrow that may or may not actually ever come our way. So we're doubling our sorrow and our suffering for nothing, for no good reason. Now, how can we manage this? Again, I've given you you know, a little bit of philosophical, uh, philosophical, I guess I would say, um, aid <laughs> or help is to understand what anxiety is. And once you understand what it is, hopefully it helps you. It helped me. Once I realized that I was worried about something that may or may not happen in the future and that I was just adding to my suffering um, <laughs> for no good reason, um, then it, it really did help me to prevent some of that Um anxiety that I was experiencing, okay? But here's another um, technique that I would like to share with you. And again, all of this is, it was genuinely helpful to me in my struggle with anxiety. Many times when we are struggling with anxiety, we think to ourselves, oh, I shouldn't think about it. I should ignore it. I should try and, you know, go off and do something else to take my mind off of it. And this rarely works, Imagine for a moment um, a bell, an alarm bell going off in your head. Your body has this type of alarm system. Whenever it senses that there's danger in the environment, certain alarm bells will go off in your head. And as a result, you'll typically notice that your blood pressure will increase, your heart rate will increase, um, your rate of respiration increases, you can get sweaty palms. Um, this is that typical fight or flight response, right? So when your uh, body senses danger, it goes into this mode. And this is a good thing. It's a protective thing. There's an alarm bell that goes off in your mind. Now, imagine for a moment if you were in charge of ringing this alarm bell. Like, imagine for just a moment if you were in charge of the alarm system of another human. And it's your job to ring the bell and to let them know that there's danger around. Okay. If you were ringing the bell and that person was not paying attention to you, what would you do? Well, you would try to get their attention, right? 
How would you do that? You might ring the bell louder or more quickly. You would do, you would take drastic measures. You would do whatever you had to do. If there was imminent danger uh, and this person was not paying attention to you, you would do everything you could to ring the alarm bells, right? To let them know. So this is what anxiety is like. Anxiety is when those alarm bells are triggered. Your body senses danger, whether it's really there or not. Remember, it's an interpretation, okay? And so when your body senses danger, it starts ringing the alarm bells. If you ignore those alarm bells, what is your body going to do? It's going to get louder. You are going to start experiencing more disruptive symptoms of anxiety. Why? Because your body says, I have to get your attention. Something dangerous is occurring. So I've said that was a pretty big setup, I think, for this. But this was a powerful technique for me in uh, dealing with my anxiety. The best thing you can do is confront your anxiety. Do not ignore it. Your anxieties need to be confronted and faced head on. And so one of the things that you can do is you can stop for a moment, um, sit down. Obviously, if you're driving in the car, you would want to pull over, find somewhere safe, okay? But just stop for a moment. And what I did was to envision that I was sitting down at a table and that all of my different emotions and that all of my different thought processes, they were all allowed to sit down at that table, okay? And I would imagine myself at the head of the table, I'm in charge, and I would say, you know, what does everybody have to say right now? What's going on? What are you sensing? And anxiety would often speak up. Right, And I would imagine my anxiety, what was it saying? Okay, something's wrong right now. Something's wrong with your heart. Uh, I think you're going to die. Okay, that was one very specific anxiety that I had for a long time. And what I would do is instead of pushing that away and go, no, I'm not going to listen to that. Nothing's wrong with my heart. I'm going to ignore it. I would say, okay, that's valid. Thank you for sharing. I would acknowledge the anxiety. This is very important. Acknowledge that anxiety. And I would often say, thank you for sharing. I appreciate, you you don't have to say this out loud, but I would do this in my mind. You could say it out loud if you wanted to. But um, just, you know, to myself in my head, I would stop for a minute, sometimes close my eyes again, if it's safe to do so, not while you're driving. And I would hear from my anxieties. What was going on? What were they ringing the alarm bells about? Okay, what did I need to know? And then I would take that information. I would thank them for that information. Okay, these sort of personified feelings. Um, And then I would ultimately say, I'm going to take this into consideration. And based on what I know, based on what's happening, this is the decision that I'm making. Okay. Um, If I need to go to the ER, I'm going to go to the ER. If I don't, I'm going to keep driving to work. And that's what I'm going to choose to do, being fully informed. But in doing this and stopping for a moment to acknowledge your anxieties, and you can choose to do this in any number of ways. If this, if this seems way too goofy for you, you know, do what's good for you, but find a way to sit down and to listen to your anxieties and then acknowledge and validate them that they're valid insofar as that's how you're feeling, insofar as your body is perceiving a real danger. Whether that danger is real or not is up for debate, but it's very real, I mean, that your body is perceiving that danger, okay? So 
uh, <laughs> a good example of this would be, um, you know, say you're afraid of snakes or something and you see a picture of a snake. Well, are you in danger of being, you know, attacked by a snake? Well, of course not. It's a picture of a snake. But what does your body do? Your body speaks up even just seeing that picture of a snake. And what does it do? It rings the alarm bells. Okay. So what you want to do is acknowledge that anxiety. Say, hey, thank you for speaking up anxiety. I really appreciate that. Um, I'm going to... Um, you know, I'm going to consult um, my intellect as well and my other feelings. And okay, my intellect is telling me right now this is a picture of a snake. Um, it's not actually dangerous. But thank you so much, Anxiety. I appreciate you speaking up and looking out for me. Um, but we're good. We're okay. We're okay right now. Okay, and, this, and I'm going to choose to go about my business. This, I'm telling you, absolutely just mind-blowingly powerful technique to diffuse your anxiety. If you keep stuffing it and if you keep ignoring it, your anxieties are only going to get worse. So you need to confront them, be honest about them, let them have a voice in your life. Don't try to shut them up because they will find a way to make you pay attention and it will not be pretty. Well, I've talked for quite some time um, today here on the podcast, one of the longer ones that I've done in a while, but I hope you hear in my heart um, just how very personal this particular issue is to me with anxiety and fear. Do not live your life in fear. Do not let fear to prevent you um, from embracing life, okay? Everything that life has to offer. Um, listen to your anxieties. Let them be a part of the roundtable discussion. But ultimately, we can't be ruled by those anxieties because they're concerns about things that may or may not come our way, and all they're doing is disturbing our present. So that if those things actually happen in the future, then we have two bad presents. We have the current present that we've been disturbed in by our anxiety, and then we have that quote-unquote future present where potentially, possibly, this thing will go wrong, something bad will happen, and we'll have another bad present experience. But why pierce yourself with that second arrow? It does not do any good, I promise you. As always, this podcast is dedicated to you and to your success. I hope that you'll subscribe right here to the Dude Fuel Podcast I'm Cody Ray Miller, and I look forward to speaking with you again tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening.